What's up, church planners and church planning enthusiasts? My name is Jared Huntley, and you are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planter. So whether you are a lead church planter or you're on a church planting team, or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and advance the kingdom of God. This is usually the time when I would introduce my good friend and fellow planter in arms, Matt Hess, but Matt bailed on me today and Matt is not here, but I do have my good friend Curtis Hartshorn with me today and he's going to be joining us. What's going on, Curtis? How you doing, man? Hello. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super honored. Uh, Jared, you've poured into my life a ton, so I'm pumped to just join you in this. And, well, uh, you should be because we've got tens of thousands of listeners. I'm no, just going to shut not. down now. <laughs> <laughs> not no, really. Fine. We don't have tens of thousands of listeners. It's okay. We've got tens of listeners. <laughs> Tons. Mul- multiple tens of listeners. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Man, it's good to have you on. So I uh, kind of want to introduce you guys to, to Curtis real quick. Curtis was uh, on our original core team uh, when we planted our church, Fellowship yep. Oshawa, here in Oshawa. So me and Curtis have literally been in the trenches together for yes. uh, several years. We've uh, gone out and shared the gospel together. We've been rejected together. We've mm-hmm. fumbled through church services, trying to start a church together. Yep. Uh, we've seen all <laughs> kinds of interesting things, and uh, it's been fun. And now uh, Curtis is uh, is uh, pastoring a new church plant himself, uh, and we're going to be talking to him a little bit about that. So really excited about what God's uh, doing in his life. Yeah. So, um, and we're just going to kind of pick his brain because he's he's started a church in a place called uh, Whitby, Ontario, uh, and he's in a community, a specific community. What, Curtis, I was going to see if maybe you could kind of share with our listeners the community that you guys actually planted yourselves in and you're starting your church in now. Yeah. So we moved into a neighborhood called uh, White Oaks. Okay. And it's basically these uh, four uh, massive uh apartment buildings. Uh, and it's kind of been the neighborhood, like I grew up in Whippy, but it was kind of the neighborhood that was like kind of the black hole of Whippy. Like <laughs> yeah. a lot of the bad stuff happened there. So it's one of those things when we are praying and seeing like, okay, God, like where could we move to uh, like intentionally bring the gospel to a community? We were just like, okay, well, if Jesus, you know, were to go anywhere in Whippy, mm-hmm. uh, it would probably be White Oaks yep. uh, because it's also one of the most multicultural it's like the multicultural epicenter of Whippy. Yeah. So there's people from all over the world. Like in our hallway, there's mm-hmm. there's people from all ends of the earth just, mm-hmm. you know, a door away from us. So that was a huge reason, too, for why we moved in there. Yeah. Well, and, and for those of you who don't know our listeners, Whitby is in the greater Toronto area. So it's probably about 35 minutes, 40 minutes east of downtown Toronto. Yep. And Toronto... Uh, in particular, is a hub for immigrants. Um, yep. uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of immigrants come to Canada uh, to uh, find a better life for themselves, and a lot of them end up in the Toronto area. And so that's what's Cur- that's what Curtis is talking about. Uh, over fifty percent of people in Toronto were born outside of Canada. It's pretty incredible, and I know yeah. that his community uh, definitely represents that that yeah, demographic definitely. well. So. Well, man, so you guys intentionally moved into this. It's a high-rise community, right? So yep. uh, there, I think there's three buildings in there. Uh, there's four buildings. Four buildings. Yeah. Do you know like how many people live in that community? Oh, I don't I don't even know. There's, oh, I should know this by now. Uh, there's there's probably like several thousand families. Yeah, I'd say so. Like, there's like 28 floors in your building, right? Uh, there's, I think there's 20, 20 or 22. Okay. Or we were but, in uh, there. Dude, they have nice elevators. They have brand new elevators. They were nice. 
but we didn't have elevators for a while, so we had to take the stairs for a while, well, which resulted least... in a lot of conversation. That's true. That's but, true. Yeah. And and stronger quads, right? <laughs> yeah. How are your quads yeah. feeling lately? Uh, Strong? Still feeling yeah. good? Let's not yeah. talk about my physical. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll do that on my other podcast. Yeah. No, I don't have another podcast. It's okay. <laughs> Okay, so uh, so you guys moved into this high-rise community to reach your neighbors. So, man, why don't you share, maybe with our listeners, some of the ways that, that you're actually doing this because you didn't yes. have to live in this place. Like, you no. you know, it's uh, like, let's be real. Like, it's probably not going to make, like, you know, the top 10 most desirable places to live, you know, yeah. on, uh, you know, I don't know, whatever website makes those things. What, what's the website? BuzzFeed? Right. BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed does yeah, all these sure. little top 10 things. So it's not going to make the top 10 list of most desirable places to live, but you guys chose to go there so that you could reach your, your neighbors. So what are some ways you're doing that? Yeah. Um, so some of the ways we're doing that, um, when we moved in, we, we started, uh, well, first of all, we just, we were working full time when we first started this. So we had a few nights of the week where we just, we did church, uh, and we, we would have that in our home. So we would just invite our neighbors and people like that to come and people we would share the gospel with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at work or in the streets or wherever we shared with. We would just give them opportunities throughout the week to come to our apartment. Um, and now, uh, yeah, in White Oaks, we we basically have a few nights of the week where we're having different small groups, some geared towards different things. Some are geared towards training believers mm-hmm. uh, in how to do evangelism and discipleship. And then other groups we're doing uh, are just kind of geared to be like an on-ramp for people uh, in our community to get connected to us and yeah. learn about Jesus. So we might start rolling out some alphas and stuff like that as well. Alpha group. Yeah. We've kind of just been doing anything and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just like throwing as many nets as and lines as we possibly can. That's right. Uh, so yeah, I always like to say, throw the kitchen sink at lostness. Yeah, exactly. Just, you know, anything you can, like if like why not, right? Yeah. Like we got to do whatever we can to reach lost people out here for sure. So like, and didn't I see that you guys um, like you baked cookies? And then brought oh, yeah, them. Yeah. Well, like Sylvia baked cookies. Sylvia, Sylvia baked. No, I don't. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't, don't do make. much in the kitchen, yeah. <laughs> except okay. throw the kitchen sink. Throw the kitchen. <laughs> except throw it at lost people. Yeah. No, wait, not lost people. Lostness. Lost I guess this. we should make a distinction. Right. We don't throw kitchen sinks at lost no, people. No, no, no. That's not, not my strategy. No. But uh, so yeah, Sylvia. One of our goals, uh, especially as the winter is coming, it's a little harder to get out and about, hitting the streets. Um, and, you know, even like doing door knocking or something like that mm-hmm. is in the winter. It's uh, just not desirable. No. So uh, so what we want to do, uh, part of the perk of where we live is we can actually just go around to our neighbors and bless them, pray for them, knock on their door. So our goal is to knock on every single door in all four buildings, That's like awesome. over the course of this winter. Yeah. Um, so part of the way we've been doing that is we've been baking cookies and we'll, we'll go uh, or we'll have some sort of gift for them, uh, you know, it's close to Christmas or Halloween. We'll theme a little gift or something and then um, bring bring around little gifts to our neighbors, ask them if they need prayer mm-hmm. for anything, uh, you know, ask them if they've ever heard, you know, the, the good news about Jesus uh, and we'll we'll share it with them. Um, but we've seen people be so receptive to it. Like if we go, you just got to go in the right spirit and just be like, hey, we're your neighbors and, you know, we just love to talk to you, let them know the door is open. But uh, we, we've we've seen like great reactions from people. So that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, and, and guys, as you're listening, like one thing I want to point out is that because of these high rise communities, not anybody can go in there, right? Like I couldn't just go in and go door to door because 
you know, you have to have an access code to get inside. Like somebody has to buzz you right. in and everything. So you think about there's thousands of people living in these buildings and they come from all nations. You know, there yeah. are who knows how many nations are represented in these high rises. Uh, and, you know, honestly, like when you really think about it, like where we live, uh, I think a generous estimate would be 2% of the population is evangelical Christian. And yeah. very few of those people are actually sharing the gospel. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, if we don't move into those communities and share with them, who will? Mm -hmm. Right. Like there's a very real possibility. Those people will never hear the gospel if somebody doesn't go yeah. and take it to them. And one of, one of the cool things about our experience is, like, as we've kind of gone around, gotten to know our neighbors and just keep like sticking our toes in every opportunity we can find, uh, we've bumped into a lot of people who are Christians or at least professing Christians or, uh, some involvement there. Um, and we've had the opportunity to like open up our home, home to them, mm -hmm. start training them. So there's been several people, um, you know, one guy in particular was a Christian in my building. Um, and he, uh, you know, heard that we were doing this house church thing. And he said, actually, like, you know, I, I moved in here years ago and my, my intention was to do something, but I just, I just kind of never got around to doing it. Yeah. Uh, and so we've had him in our house and we've been training him and mm -hmm. I've been spending time with him and we've been kind of working with these, with these different people. Uh, there's been yeah, a handful of people now who are Christians in our building who are coming to our house churches on mm -hmm. Sunday. That's awesome. Um, and we're getting a chance to now train them how to uh, share the gospel, sit down with someone for basic discipleship. But also we're getting to the point, we're getting closer to the point now where they're, they've grown in confidence enough where they're like, okay, I think I can lead my own house church. So mm -hmm. eventually we're going to have, the goal is to have multiple house church because I mean, one, our apartment you know, we're going to outgrow that sucker. Sure. Like we, we've already had days where it's, mm -hmm. it's been a little, mm -hmm. little dangerous having that amount of people that were there. But, uh, but uh, the goal is to start, you know, sending, commissioning some of these leaders out into their floors so that we can just fill these, uh, these buildings with different communities, like different yep. church gatherings. And then my role, I guess, would be to, you know, go around and help, you know, kind of apostle Paul style, help build them up, help sure. encourage them, help train the leaders and stuff. And, but we, so that's been a, a huge opportunity there is getting to train the existing believers that were already there. So. Yeah, absolutely, man. So you want to see multiple churches planted uh, throughout that community, right? And and yes. so you're really taking a um, a, a rapid multiplication approach uh, yeah. model, right? Uh, to just multiply as quickly as possible leaders and churches uh, so that it it spreads quickly throughout the yeah. throughout your community, right? Yeah, definitely. And and I mean, as we do that of. Uh, you know, of course I want to, I don't want it to just be about, you know, sometimes there's that, like, I want to go fast. I want to mm -hmm. see people like hearing the gospel. I want to see new disciples being made. Um, but we're also learning too, like just how to, uh, we don't have this all figured out, but we're learning how to like have our home as a place where like a lot of these leaders who are living in there can really come and just have a real sense of community. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of cool when we all live in the same building, you sure. really do get to experience kind of an Acts 2 type church where it's right. like, you know, daily they were meeting and breaking mm -hmm. bread That's and true. stuff. Cool. So we're really trying to create that kind of culture where it's like, you, we can just, we're in each other's homes a lot. We're eating mm -hmm. together. We're worshiping together. We're mm -hmm. praying together um, so that people really get that sense of community. And it's not sure. just, you know what I'm saying? Not isolated operations. Yeah. Or, no, absolutely, man. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, I guess for lack of a better way to phrase this question, how's it going so far? Like, would you like say that things are going well? I am. Uh, I think it's going great. Yeah. Um, now, if somebody else were to look in and kind of 
uh, make a judgment on it. Oh, they, sure. you know, they might not understanding kind of what well, we're going after, what our vision is. is everything. Yeah, right? like yeah. they might they might miss it. But I think like now we have more people like stepping like we have more people getting trained and equipped than we've had since we started. And I've seen more people who are actual disciples now, Mm -hmm. like people who are actually following Jesus, obeying Mm -hmm. the great commission now than than when we first started. So when we first started, there was this, um, uh, there was a period where, you know, I saw a bunch of different guys come to Jesus. So I was discipling, like it was something like six or seven guys uh, and they came to Christ in like a couple months mm-hmm. just from doing like street evangelism and stuff like that. Yeah. And so I would be meeting with them and discipling them. Um, and then over the course of time, you know, the more and more they f- discovered, you know, what it looks like to follow Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. And like, we really wanted to make sure we were presenting people with like a real discipleship. Yeah. Like we, we wanted to set the bar where Jesus set the bar. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, because of that, a lot of them, they fell away. So, yeah. you know, over the course of time, a lot of them were just like, okay, no, I want to keep doing this and doing that. And so a lot of them fell away. But, um, but yeah, but, but through all of that, and as we just kind of kept pressing on, we've seen, we have seen some people stick mm-hmm. and they're now becoming the real deal. And these are going to be people who are going to go and actually make other disciples. So that's like the win. Sure. So you know, after, you know, by the end of this year, it's like, my goal is like, I want to have just like a small group of people who are really, really living it, mm-hmm. uh, who are really like sharing the gospel. They're not hindered by fear. They're like, they're real, like their standard of discipleship is Jesus's standard of discipleship. Like if I can have a small community like that by the end of this year, and we're just doing acts two community together, living together, breaking bed together, worshiping together, like living in love, like that, like that's a win in my mind. Yeah. Um, because that, that will actually go somewhere and cause like real lasting change. So, yeah, that's right. Well, it's, um, you know, we, you and I do like our, our church is a little bit different than yours in terms of like our, mm-hmm. you know, approach. And, uh, what's cool is that even within our, our network that, uh, that I'm a part of the fellowships network, all of our, none of our churches looks the same. Like yeah. they're all kind of different. And I think we need all types of different churches to yeah, read definitely. different segments of the population, especially where we live, where we need thousands of churches planted, yeah. thousands, literally, uh, just to keep up with the amount of people who are here who are far from God. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and uh, I think one of my uh, uh, my favorite things about what you guys are doing is how you're you're laser focused on training and equipping yeah. uh, believers, which is our role, right? Uh, it's yeah. to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So, yeah, um, yeah, man, that's awesome. So, um, you mentioned. Uh, some of the the difficulties early on with you know some disciples falling away and and I I also know very well how that feels and you when you were with uh, us you know you also saw that happen yeah. at our church so I think in some ways that probably prepared you a little bit for that too yeah, just yeah. seeing it when you were at Fellowship Oshawa then you kind of probably didn't hit you as uh, you know uh, blindside you as much as it as it otherwise would have right so have you kind of how do you how do you how do you handle that, man? Because one of the things I've always uh, been impressed uh, with about you is like, and we were joking beforehand. You said, "Well, this is what you see on the outside," and, and I get it. <laughs> but I do think that you've always been able to remain steady and right. undeterred in right. the face of rejection That's or in the, the goal, face of disappointment. Sure. Yeah. Like you continue to press forward. You're like, I'm going to continue trusting God, and we're going to continue, you know, persevering in faith. Uh, yeah. So talk a little bit about that, man. 
Sounds great. Yeah. And that's honestly been, I feel like the biggest message that God has been mm. like working into my heart, uh, in this past, this past couple years. Um, uh, and I really do feel, um, like part of my role, like, you know, as a church planter, as I really feel like God has, has asked me like in a lot of ways, just because when I look around and I see like a lot of churches in Canada and stuff, and just from my own experience of having a hunger for the lost, but not having training in like evangelism. Yeah. I really have felt like God has asked me like, you know, to spearhead like the, uh, the office of evangelist. Mm. So a lot like a heavy focus of what we do in our church is like, I really want to model for people uh, and show people what an evangelist looks like. Mm. And a lot of that comes from like, just because in my experience, I never had anybody to show me. Until yeah, actually I met you guys. And then I finally had somebody who was like pushing me and like, you know, other people like Troy and like some of these different E3 guys that came alongside yeah. of us and, and started pushing me and, and challenging me in the area of evangelism. And it kind of like fanned into flame something that was really dormant. It was there, mm -hmm. but it was so dormant in my life mm -hmm. and I wasn't, so good, man. I wasn't walking in it. Yeah. Um, so, so that being said, uh, and just, so as I've, kind of embrace that. And I've seen the need for that in my own life. And, and I've wanted to step into that and grow as an evangelist. Um, you know, you have, you hit this wall or it's not a wall, but you, you, you come to this place where you realize, you know, you have to keep going in the face of like rejection. Like if you're going to really model it, you have to be, um, I don't even know if thick skinned is the, the right word, but you have to like have this perseverant, I will stop at nothing kind mm -hmm. of an attitude to yeah. be an evangelist. And, uh, we see that in the apostle Paul and stuff, you know, he'd be whipped, beaten or whatever, or they'd be thrown into jail. And then like the next day they'd be out preaching in the streets again. And yeah. it's like, how? So the, the yeah, sorry, this is getting all over the place, but no, man, the, go for it. the, the place That's like what we do on this podcast, just ramble and see if we can find something good. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, the, so the, the question that was kind of hitting me in these past few years is like, when I look at Jesus and when I look at, like Peter. And when I look at Paul and these people in the Bible or Philip, it seems like, you know, they would go through the worst persecution mm. or they would like experience the worst kind of suffering. And out of that, they would just be happier. Like they would have more joy and, and they would, they would even go harder mm -hmm. after they like, like Jesus, it was like every day he would get up, preach in front of the same mocking crowd, critical crowd, and, and they would mock him and they would curse him. They'd try to kill him. And he would go and spend time with the father, go to bed, get up the next day and do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so like, as I see that, I'm like, there's something different in obviously in Jesus's perspective of life. And there's something different going on in, in Peter's mind and in yeah. Paul's mind that I just didn't have. Mm. And I was not seeing the world the way they saw it. Cause if I saw the world the way that they saw it, I think I would be able to keep going. Yeah. And so I really believe, and this is, this is what I've come down to nowadays is I, I really think that the main difference between what Paul had and what I have, and the main reason that Paul could actually persevere through all these trials and keep going in the face of rejection and never get like shut down or discouraged or burnt out or whatever is, is love. Hmm. Like love is the one thing that I think that Paul had, you know, that maybe I didn't, yeah. uh, you know, you, and you read in, um, oh, my ability to memorize numbers is horrendous, but I think it's, uh, Romans nine, uh, 
when he's like, I have unceasing anguish. Nine one. Yeah, yeah. nine one. Uh, I have unceasing, or I'm t- I'm speaking the truth in Christ. My conscience confirms it in the Holy Spirit. Yep. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish mm-hmm. in my heart. I could wish myself to be cut off from Christ for the sake of my people. Um, and I see something like that, and I'm like, man, like, do I? Would I honestly, like? Do I love people mm. to the extent that I would be willing to die and go to hell mm. to see them get saved? Yeah. And that's obviously the type of love that was in Jesus's heart mm-hmm. because he died for us Amen. so that we could be saved. Descended and into hell. Right? That was yeah. Jesus's perspective. And and so I and it and it says in uh 1 John like perfect love casts out all fear. Yeah. <laughs> and so you've, you it, love is mm-hmm. the thing that drives out fear of man and love is the thing that keeps you going and makes mm-hmm. you look like a crazy person and like mm-hmm. you you can't stop. Yeah. Uh so nowadays so I've been I've been I've been really praying and crying out to God, like, God, like, if I can have one thing, you know, I I want love. Mm. I don't have to be the smartest person. I don't have to be the best intellectual. I don't have to have all the answers for people. But if I have love, I can move things that, like, are seem impossible to move. That's right. And then, uh, so, so I've been trying to walk in this, and I'll give you, like, a little story of how this kind of works in my life and how I've kind of made it a discipline to walk in love. So I was in like a Timmy's one day and I was, this is when I was working. Tell people what Timmy's is. Oh, (laughs) we're from Canada. eh? So there's this, there's this place you go for coffee and you get donuts and other things. And it's called Tim Hortons. Yeah, it's very cheap. It's good. It's fast. Um, so I was driving, I was doing deliveries for this company. Uh, and, uh, and, and I had just driven for like 12 hours straight. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and I was like kind of coming up to the point where it was almost getting illegal to be driving any longer. Uh, and then, uh, so I was like exhausted and like, I'm in this Tim Hortons, um, and I I'm standing in line and I'm just kind of in a fog and I see this guy at the front of the line. And all of a sudden I just get this like pain inside my heart. And I'm like, I just all of a sudden felt like this guy he is going through something seriously heavy right now. And I just felt like the spirit was just saying, like, share the gospel with him. Mm-hmm. Just go share the gospel with him. And uh, and I start making all these excuses. Fear of man starts coming up into my mind. The what ifs start going through my head. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm tired. I just drove all day. I got to get home. I'm like, I'm in a rush. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, I just I have this conversation. I, I get convicted. I'm like, no, OK, I got to obey God. Um so what I did was I said, okay, like I have received a perfect love from God. So, in, you know, John 17, 23 says the father uh, loves Jesus or as the father loves uh, me as much as he loves his son, mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I remind myself of that. I go, God, like I found a perfect love in you. And I like receive that love for me. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm reminded that these people do not have that love. Uh, and so I want them to like so it's the love of god and the love of neighbor that mm-hmm. just come right before my eyes and i me falls out of the equation yeah. you know i'm no longer focusing on me and what i need and my and i'm focused on the love of god and the love of neighbor and those are the only things that i'm seeing in my eyes so i i walk myself through this and i go god like i'm going to see through the lens of love i'm going to put this person's life before my own mm-hmm. and so i just i do that have that little conversation i pray that and 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 just bring that to god uh, and then I, so I walked out of the Timmy's and I, I had my coffee and I ran up to this guy's car and he was getting in his car and I actually had to stop him before he got in the door of his car. Oh, wow. uh, and then I said, sir, like, sorry, I, I was in the line and I hesitated at first, but 
I believe that uh, God wants me to talk to you. Uh, I think you're going through something in your life right now and you, you need to, you know, I, I want to pray for you and you need to hear what I got to say. Uh, and then this guy basically starts crying mm-hmm. and he turns to me and he goes, man, like you have no idea. Like I just, my house just burned down yesterday and mm-hmm. I lost everything. Mm-hmm. And he's like in this terrible spot. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just thinking in that situation, I got to share the gospel with him and be like, you know, man, when you, when you accept Jesus, you know, you, you accept a gift that can never burn down or be mm, taken yeah. from you. And, and what you, you can have a relationship with God that will never spoil or fade and yeah. eternal life and, you know, and life to come. I, so I start sharing that with them. Um, but I left that and I was so convicted and I was like, what if I had been thinking about me? What if I had just chosen to just think about me and I didn't, I didn't walk in love? Like, what if, you know, and like, and it, we do that all the time. And we're just constantly thinking about ourselves. But if we move ourselves out of the equation mm-hmm. and we just choose to see people through, you know, eternity's lens and we choose to see people through love the way that Jesus saw us, you know, I really believe that'll set us free from all fear and make us do ridiculous things. And we won't care when people get upset with us and stuff. We'll just be able to keep going. So I don't know if I'm, I'm not completely there yet, but that's that's kind of the process I take myself through. So whenever I'm out in the streets and or wherever and I'm sharing the gospel, whenever I feel the little butterflies, I just remind myself I have a perfect eternal love and friendship with God and this world doesn't have that and they need it. And and I just do I just sit my mind there and I don't think about myself at all. <laughs> Man, that's so good. Uh, you know, it's like reminds me of first Corinthians 13, right? This yeah. Where Paul basically says like, you know, I can have all the spiritual gifts there is, but if I don't have love, I'm like a, a, a noisy gong yeah. or a clanging cymbal. Right. Mm-hmm. But like you said, you know, earlier when you were praying and asking God, like, God, there's just one, if there's just one thing I want this, that's what it is. Right. Yeah. I want love, love for people, love for you. And, and, uh, that, you know, can make a huge difference. So, um, yeah. man, that's, that's so cool. It's so encouraging. And, and like for the listeners too, like I can tell you guys, like Curtis is the real deal. Like, cause I, I know this is out of the overflow of his life because uh, we, you know, we were just like having coffee a few weeks ago and he was sharing some of these things with me and, and he, he encouraged me tremendously because like, and it's, it, it can be easy to get jaded in church planting. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that we don't talk about very much in church planting is that you can actually, there's actually a danger where you can become bitter against the people you're trying to reach. You can become bitter against the people you're pastoring because why? Because you're looking at me, right? Exactly. They don't respect me. They don't appreciate the fact that I'm here. You know, how dare yeah. this city, you know, like I came here, you know, and we almost start to look at ourselves as like, like we're the savior that they're rejecting. No, 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 no. They're not rejecting me. Yeah. They're rejecting Jesus, right? Yeah. And it has nothing to do with me. I'm a slave. I'm here to serve Jesus Christ <laughs> yeah. and to serve other people. Right. So it has nothing to do with me. And, um, man, I just think that's such a great word. Uh, that, you know, when we, when we're focused on loving God, loving other people, then that's when our eyes get taken off of ourselves. Um, and the fear and selfishness and and all that stuff kind of starts to to melt away. Right. When you, yeah. When your life, like, it's just that understanding that like, you know, I'm good. (laughs) Like I, I'm eternally, I'm in good hands. Like my, you know, I've been crucified with Christ. Mm -hmm. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me now. Like I, Curtis died. You know, and Jesus yeah. is now the goal here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, or like my life is hidden in God with Christ. Yeah. Like I, my soul is secure yeah. 
when we take ourselves out of the picture, it just gets way easier. Yep. You can just yep. become love, become like That's Christ, right. and just it's way easier that way. It gives us peace. It gives us joy. Yeah. It gives us boldness. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. That's what union with Christ looks like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, man, um, what would you kind of say right now to a church planner who's listening and maybe uh, they're not seeing a lot of fruit? or the fruit that they expected, um, or maybe they're, you know, they're having problems in their church, like people are, are falling away, you know, not falling through in their commitments, um, uh, you know, not following through a discipleship, things like that, and they're frustrated, uh, they're disheartened. Uh, what would you say to them when it comes to, to persevering? Um, mm-hmm. just want to think about that for one moment. Yeah, man, for sure. I mean, I think the... <laughs> that word I just gave about love. I mean, I mean, there's that call in the Bible to return to our first love, Sure, you know? And, uh, I really think like it's, you have to stay there. Like you have to, you know, we, we, you have to be a child of God Mm -hmm. before you're anything else in your mind. Uh, and you have to, you have to choose to believe that honestly, like there's times where you're like your emotions, just your emotions lie to you. Like every day, your emotions lie to you, like the fear, all that stuff. It's not how God sees you. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, it's that honestly, yeah. So I'd I'd say this to make it more clear. I'd say the best thing like a church planter could do or any Christian could do is just believe the gospel. Mm -hmm. Like just actually like accept what God now says over you because Mm -hmm. of what Jesus Christ has done. Mm -hmm. And don't choose to accept any emotion any demonic lie, any circumstance that tells you you are something else, yep. just don't accept it. Yep. Um, and that's like a daily thing. And that's like, uh, but you know, if, if it's not in God's mind over you, like if that's not how God sees you, then, then just choose not to see yourself that way. Mm-hmm. So how does this like play out in life? Like there's so many times where something will go wrong and you'll think I'm a failure. And it's like, okay, if you can't put that statement in God's mouth, why is that in your mouth? Mm-hmm. If God doesn't call you a failure, but he calls you his beloved child, why would you ever call yourself a failure? Mm. And, uh, yeah. And it's just like all the self-talk we got to stop the self-talk and we got to just start believing the gospel again. Like we got to just start just refusing to accept Mm. that. Like, so I've, yeah, I've had days where I've been like, I've gone out and hit the streets, Mm. shared the gospel like 50 times in one day and got Mm -hmm. rejected 50 times, you know? And it's like, but I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm loved. And, and, uh, and another, yeah, sorry. Another thing to add to that. So you got to have like your identity in Christ, like secure. You got to just like that. You got to only think about yourself the way that God thinks about you and the way you see yourself, the way that God sees you. I think that's primary. Um, but also too, like our motivations for, for doing this, like it says in, uh, in, uh, I think it's John 14. Like we, we, uh, if, uh, Sorry, I'm just blanking on the order of, of the phrase. But if you love me, you will obey my commands. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was going to say it the reverse way. But uh, if you love me, you will obey my commands. And the, the reason we do evangelism, the reason we do church planting, the reason we, it's out of our love for God. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, like, you know, obeying his commands is the, the manifestation mm-hmm. of our, our love for yeah. God. That is, that is what we give him in return for everything that he has given us. Mm-hmm. Um, so like evangelism, whether it's evangelism or making disciples or whatever it is, like 
you know, the, the goal, like it's nice when we see a bunch of people get saved and, or we see some big flashy thing happen that on the outside, um, but our primary motivation and everything we do has to just be like, we want to like preach the gospel because we love Jesus yeah. and because we want to obey his commands, like mm-hmm. Mark 16, go preach the gospel to every creature. Mm-hmm. Like he has commanded us to do it. And so my motivation when I'm out preaching the gospel or doing discipleship is always, I'm doing this cause I love Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this cause he has satisfied my heart. I'm not doing this cause I'm looking for something else. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but if I think if we stay there, we're just way better off. Yeah. If we start searching for all these external things and get wrapped up in those, you'll get derailed like yeah. super quick. So yeah, for sure, man, there's a, there's a, a book that actually, I think I just told you about that Matt told me about, um, called a blaze for God. And it's an older yeah. book and it's by a guy named Wesley Duell. Um, uh, I think the last name is spelled D U E W E L. And I'll put it in the in the show notes for our listeners. I couldn't highly recommend it enough to people. And it really kind of covers a lot of what Curtis was just saying. Um, but it, it really goes into detail uh, a, a little bit more on that. And I know it's really um, impacted me. And I think one of the things that's really like stood out uh, to me recently, just in my my walk with God, is that um, is it really the only thing that ultimately matters uh, in church planting and ministry, you know, as a Christian is, um, understanding the gospel of God's love for us. And then out of that having this overflow of, of being ablaze with love for others, right. Yeah, exactly. For God, for other people. And, and that makes all the difference in your discipleship. It makes all the difference in evangelism. It makes all the difference in everything that you do. I mean, Matt, um, uh, you know, has told me before, uh, and counseled me that, you know, when people, when people you're leading in your church, uh, know that you really love them, like you really love right. them. Like Paul said to the Thessalonians, he said, you know, we were like a, a mother with nursing their child with you. And, yeah. and like a father, you know, we, we care for you. When your people know that they'll run through a brick wall for you. Like they'll, they will follow you because they want, right. they're going to see, I remember, um, Joshua Harris, who we're actually going to interview, I think next week. Uh, he's the guy that led me to the Lord. He's my spiritual father. And um, he was the first guy that, uh, I mean, he was, he's, you know, he's the reason I'm, I'm a Christian because I remember seeing him and I remember clearly seeing this dude was a blaze for God. Like yeah. he was something different about him and being around him made me want to know Jesus. Yeah. Being around him made me want to know this Jesus that he was so madly in love with because he glorified God just by the way that he talked about the name of Jesus, by the way right. he said Jesus's name, you could tell he just loved yeah, this Jesus. Exactly. And man, like you can't manufacture that. No, you can't. You can't. Um, it's, it's not a philosophy. It's nope. not a program. Nope. It's just, it's your heart. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And I, I know for me, God's been doing some stuff in my heart, man, where like he's, he's been taking me through a refining process for probably about six months where he's systematically stripping some things away from my life. Just one after the other things that, you know, a lot of other people might not even see, you know, as sin for them. But for me, God's just told me it's got to go. It's, yeah, yeah. it's, it, if you really want this, if you really want <laughs> to be, Filled with the spirit, right? right. You want to yeah. walk by the spirit. Uh, and, you know, some of our listeners may not be as charismatic as others. And I don't know, but I do know this, that mm-hmm. I know that the Holy Spirit's real and that he wants to fill us and control us right. and do things that are infinitely 
uh, infinitely more than we could ever ask or imagine in right. and through our lives. And I want that. Yeah. Exactly. Like to me, I'm like, I don't want a church plan if I don't have that. And right. like, man, if you're a church planner and you're listening and, and, and you've gotten to a point where you've just forgotten that, or you've mm. lost that passion and you've just been kind of going through the motions and you felt beat up and you've forgotten what it feels like to just, to want Jesus, like more than yeah. anything. And yeah. to want people to know Jesus more than anything, like, right. man, you can take the time out today. Even if you're not a church planner, even if you're just a person listening to this podcast, yeah. man, like turn this thing off right now and get yeah. alone with God That's right. and repent. And God, like, I am sorry that I've left my first love. Like you said earlier, yeah. right? So, Oh, exactly. Yeah. And, it, and it's, yeah. I mean, he's even says, uh, Again, I'm thinking John 17, but it's like, uh, you know, the, the world uh, will know you are my disciples by your love, yeah. like by the way you love one another and mm-hmm. by the way you love me. But it's like, it's a contagious thing. And it's, yeah, it's the thing that keeps you going. Yeah. It's it's just the gravitational pull behind everything we do. Amen. We're reconciled with God so yeah. that we could fall back in love with, with God. That's right. If you lose that, you lose everything else. That's right. <laughs> Well, this is so what happened when happens when Matt's gone as we start preaching sermons here. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it, man. Yeah. It's awesome. Whoops. I just dropped a water bottle on the ground. That's okay. In our spacious studios <laughs> at my house. So, oh man, Curtis, it's been really good having you. Uh, and thank you so much for kind of opening up uh, your life a little bit to, to us and to our listeners and, and sharing what God's been doing in and through you guys. And man, um, is there any way that, that we can be praying for you guys as you continue to, I mean, cause you're how, how many, how many months in are you guys on this uh, church planning uh, journey now? Probably like seven months, seven months Something in. Like yeah, yeah. So still just the beginning yeah. and there's, there's uh, lots of good days ahead Yeah, uh, for, sure. for sure. And uh, how can we be praying for, for you guys, man? Um, I think, I mean, our, our goal is uh, we really just want to, we want to equip and empower people mm-hmm. like we want to see people you know get over themselves and start really living living out their faith for jesus and like so it's a win for me i get the most excited in my life when i see other people doing the stuff when yeah. i see somebody i've trained or somebody i've spoken in their life into and they start going out and like preaching the gospel and yeah. like like doing the stuff that gets me so excited making so, spiritual grandbabies yeah <laughs> Yeah, and literal babies. We have a literal baby coming. Yeah, you do. It's exciting. Yeah, we should pray for that for sure. Yeah, that's definitely a good one. But yeah, just that we would, you know, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Mm -hmm. Like, that's really my heart right now is I really want to see, like, the church uh, in my area. Like, people really get, uh, you know, empowered and uh, get over their fear and just really start going after lost people with the gospel because that's just that that's the only way like it's the only way we're going to curve uh you know the the kind of the state of canada right now but people need to know the love of jesus Mm so we we got to get out and share that so if i can impact the church to do that in any way that's like that's what i live for that's what i want to give to jesus when i stand before him one day amen that's awesome yeah well guys uh curtis uh and his wife sylvia uh their church is called the great exchange church yeah uh, and uh, i'll put curtis's uh if he's okay with it his email in the show notes so that way if you guys just yep. want to reach out to him or you have questions for him about what they're doing if you want to learn more about like what does it look like 
trying to start a network of house churches, you know, in right. Canada, you know, like, I mean, not a lot of people are trying to do that right now. And so that's, you know, well, not a lot's been happening until recently in Canada in general. So it's mm-hmm. just exciting to see like God raising up men like, like yourself and like others uh, doing it. So if you have questions about that, you can reach out to him uh, and I'll also put in the show notes, I'll put the, uh, uh, the, uh, a link for a blaze for God, the book I told you guys about, and me and Matt are going to be back next week with another episode of In the Trenches. So, hey, guys, if this uh, podcast has been beneficial to you, if this episode has been encouraging to you, then uh, please do us a huge favor and head on over uh, to uh, www.getinthetrenches.com. And you'll be able to find other episodes there, but you can also uh, head over from our website to iTunes or uh, Stitcher or Google Play. We're on all three of those platforms and you can hit the subscribe button. And the more people that do that, the more exposure we're able to get when people search for church planning podcasts. And that way we're able to encourage more church planners all across uh, the world, really. Uh, so uh, we'd be really appreciative if you could do that for us. Uh, and uh, also if you like doing ratings if you're that sort of person then please give us a a five-star rating only please and we would really appreciate that so before we go i just realized i totally blew this and i forgot i promise so curtis's favorite movie is nacho libre um he actually (laughs) he actually curtis is a bit of an artist himself uh curtis (laughs) can do everything he's like plays music he could be he could easily be like a worship leader at a huge church <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I don't know. He's being humble, but he also like does these incredible paintings. He just made this mural on the wall for his baby that's coming in how many months? Uh, no, like four weeks. Four weeks. So baby's <laughs> yeah. coming in four weeks, and he yeah. painted like this African safari mural. I'm like, dude, what can't you do? But anyways, he loves Nacho Libre, and he painted I this majestic painting of Nacho. <laughs> and so we've got to play some Nacho Libre sound bites because we haven't. We haven't done it in a while. And if there's anybody that knows stuff about the gospel, it's Curtis. I mean, you guys just heard it. So we're just going to... Nacho, what do you think about that? And they don't think I know a buttload of crap about the gospel, (laughs) but I do. Amen. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, hey, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. So until then, go out there and get in those trenches, church planters. (laughs) 